September 27th. I found out Tuesday morning that I was getting transferred to Mount Laurel to serve with Elder Parks. Even though I was sad to leave all the great people in Williamstown and Sewell Ward, I felt good about the changes. Tuesday felt very odd as we were out doing the work and testifying because I knew that I was leaving. That night we went to Ed and Rose's home to have dinner, cheesesteaks, and resolve their concerns about baptism. She mentioned how she was still smoking, but that she had cut back quite a bit. We then went over to Jason and Cherie Lowe's home to teach him the final discussion before baptism. Her parents came up from Florida and were there for the lesson. We had a very spiritual testimony meeting at the end, and that night was, without a doubt, one of the highlights of my mission. Wednesday morning, Elder Chatterton woke up at 4.30 to build our cup and bottle castle. We saved up for four and a half months and took a picture of us standing next to it. It represents how merciful the people in New Jersey really are. We're going to give President Da a copy. Elder Parks is great. I was actually hoping that I would be able to serve with him before he went home, and now my hope was granted. The Lord blessed us to be able to teach three first discussions yesterday, and we gave out a copy of the Book of Mormon in Hindi. I'm grateful to be here, and I really look forward to serving in this great area. September 27th, 2002. There was a zone meeting in the Camden Church today, and because Elder Parks and I drive the big, huge van, we got to give rides to ten other elders to and from the meeting. Elder Hendry is the zone leader and is pretty nervous in his new responsibility, but he's pulling the wagon just fine. After the meeting, Elder Parks and I walked down to get a cheesesteak from a place he used to go to when he was serving in Camden. What a filthy city. It's just falling to pieces everywhere you look. We were in the office for three hours after we dropped everyone off because the computer malfunctioned. I was able to set up a few appointments, though. We did some finding from 6.30 to 8.30 and were able to set up a lot of return appointments and bear our testimonies as well. I'm sure glad to be with Elder Parks. I always thought he was a nice guy and hoped to serve with him before he went home. He leaves in December. We need to be sure to allow ourselves to be used by the Lord in the best ways possible. September 29th. My first Sunday in the Morristown ward was pretty good. Correlation with Brother Tabor was at 7.30 a.m., so that was pretty much like it was for me when I was serving in the Princeton Second Ward. One of the ward missionaries is an African-American fellow named Brother Hudson, and he's preparing to serve a mission as well, so that's neat. In between correlation and church, all six missionaries in the district typically go over to Elder Macomb's, Elder Ballantine's, apartment to study. The only problem is that not a whole lot of study took place. There was a lot of socializing, though, which didn't please me. George Bidolf and his daughter, Emmy, came to church today. So that was exciting. Elder Parks and Elder Cox had been working with him for three months, and he was finally able to come to church. The both of them really enjoyed themselves, and we're planning on having him there in two weeks as well. We were actually teaching him last night the third discussion. He and his mother were intently listening, 
and by the grace of God, he committed to be baptized on the 11th of October. We're going to be seeing him this Thursday night over at the Tabor's home. The Lord is really pouring out so many blessings. I found out that everything went as scheduled with Jason Lowe's baptism, and that things were right on track for the Braxtons to be baptized. The Lord is pouring out his loving spirit, and the people are responding positively. We were also able to teach a less active family today. Sister Rodriguez is a mom with two daughters, Jackie and Savannah. We're teaching the fourth discussion, and then they fed us dinner, which was very, very tasty. Elder Parks is a great guy, and I really look forward to getting to know him better and serving with him as well. I need to make sure that I send a letter to my family every week, because I haven't been very good at that, and I really ought to set the time aside to keep better correspondence with them. October 5th. It's 5.15 a.m. right now, and I just woke up all of a sudden and felt pretty refreshed, so I decided to take the time to make a journal entry. Some good things have happened this past week. Elder Parks and I decided that we would leave the mission boundaries and see what Philadelphia was like. Now, usually that would be an act of disobedience, but we were asked to pick up some mission cars. Someone came and fixed Elder Parks' hard drive so the computer is back up and running. George is coming along great for baptism. We taught him a fourth discussion over at Brother Tabor's home, and he was so excited to hear about baptism for the dead, the pre-existence, and it was just really neat to see the Spirit working within him and confirming the truth of what we said. We saw him and his family again last night, and we read some more out of the Book of Mormon. George really likes it a lot, and the more we read, the more he likes it. Seeing his excitement for the Book of Mormon increases my testimony. I know that there is power in that book, and those humble seekers of truth are sanctified by the many delicious morsels of truth that are found therein. George is really anticipating a change when he is baptized and receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I know that he will experience a change, and it's going to be a savory experience to hear him relate what actually happens. New converts really remind us of what we so often take for granted. October 8th, we had a glorious conference weekend. The only problem was that it went by much too fast. Never in all my life have the 10 hours of instruction from on high gone by so quickly. Since coming out to serve a mission, I have really come to appreciate General Conference. It's the best event of the year. Personally, I feel that a lot of people get more excited for the NBA Finals and the NFL Super Bowl, and I'm speaking of members of the church here. Wherever our treasure is, there will our heart be also. Sunday night, we went over to visit the Christensen family. They are converts to the church of over 20 years ago and have a daughter who served a mission in Japan, and they have a son currently serving in Tampa, Florida. What we set up with them is to teach them the discussions and for them to invite someone in their home to be taught. On the same note, we are doing that very thing with the Tabers, and we taught them a second discussion last night, which talks about the first four principles and ordinances of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Prior to that, we taught President and Sister Da with their youngest children, Cameron and Lauren, the fourth discussion, which speaks of eternal progression. It was interesting to see them in a less formal setting. President had his arm around his wife, and they were snuggled closely on the couch. 
Elder Parks and I actually ate dinner over there prior to President's arrival home from interviews. He looked pretty worn out when we when he got back. And I felt kind of bad for him because of all he has to put up with. I haven't made the time to wash the dishes in a few days, so things weren't looking very good in the kitchen. October 12th. It's about 6.20 a.m. right now, and I'm feeling pretty beat right now because we went to bed at 11.30. We were originally going to stay up all night to read the Book of Mormon all the way through. We decided, however, that it would be better for us to be obedient and go to sleep. There was a much deeper reason for why we wanted to stay up and read, though. We had our appointment with George to teach him the sixth discussion, and when we got there, we found that Satan had been stirring the cauldron. Apparently his mother-in-law was trying to make him think that he was rushing into things and that he needed to wait for three months or so. His wife Val is very apprehensive as well. She's Catholic, but not active, and she's feeling that George is rushing into this without her, although she was never involved in the discussions by her own choice. So, needless to say, George is torn between wanting to get baptized now and the pressure that his family is giving him. He also wasn't certain that Joseph Smith was a prophet, and then he said, But I love that book, the Book of Mormon. We told him to read and pray, like he never has before, and then let us know his answer in the morning. The baptism is scheduled for 2 p.m. today. So because we asked him to stay up and read, we decided that we should as well. I know that the Lord's will be done in this situation, and the outcome will be for the best because George is very sincere. October 25th. Oops, it's been a little while since I wrote. One thing that I have come to realize is just how amazing the writers of the Book of Mormon are. They had to go through so much effort to inscribe the characters on plates, and they were diligent with it is what is so important. I'm so grateful that they obeyed the Lord because we are able to more fully come unto Christ. I'll do what I can at this point to make an abridgment of the past two weeks. George isn't baptized yet. Not only did he get called into work that Saturday anyway, but we talked with President Da, and he said that if we were having as much opposition with his wife as we were, that we need to wait. He is still pumped up and has been to church in the past two weeks, and his daughter, Emily, is always interested in talking to us as well. Speaking of children, we've started to share the discussions with the Rigby family. He's one of the counselors in the bishopric. We asked who knew the story of Joseph Smith, and Caroline, their oldest daughter, wanted to share her testimony. I have felt the spirit that strong few other times. What a prize experience it was to be there. My testimony is that much stronger because of that little girl. We are going to hear the prophet speak today, as well as Elder Ballard of the Twelve. It's going to be over in Philly, on the other side of the river. I'll give the details later. Today may have been the only day in mission history when there were no missionaries in the New Jersey Cherry Hill Mission. We met up with a bunch of others this morning at the Cherry Hill Stake Center, and then 15 elders loaded into each of the two big vans. The remainder, the remaining car pooled in the smaller cars. Something that I thought was pretty neat was sitting on my left in the van was a relatively new missionary from Brazil. And then on the other side of the bench, there was another new missionary from Brazil. 
When they met, they started speaking Portuguese and they talked the entire way to Philly. It's just neat how many friends I have been able to make while being out here. I'm serving around those who were exceedingly valiant. And it's just amazing to be united with them here on earth. What joy it brings to my soul. Being in downtown Philly, we were able to see quite a few buildings that caught our attention. But regardless of all the fine architecture, the group of Latter-day Saint missionaries walking down the street was turning more heads than anything. The Pennsylvania Convention Center is absolutely huge. Our first meeting was in a room that seated about 500 people, and we sat quietly reading our scriptures as we anticipated the arrival of the brethren. We all stood in perfect silence when President Hinckley, Elder Haight, and Elder Ballard entered the room, and then the prophet piped out, You look good. How are you? What a glorious time it was to be seated in the room with the only man on the planet who can receive revelation for the world from Almighty God. The thing he said that hit me the hardest was, Do you plead with the Lord as if your very lives depend on it? Because they do. I have never been good at praying. I have always fallen asleep praying for as long as I can remember. I have fallen asleep when saying my personal prayers in morning and night. So in order to overcome that, I would say a quick one with consequently less feeling. And so some of the sincerity would be lost. This way, if I look at it as if my very life depends on it, then I will be much more alert and also that much more sincere. Elder Ballard talked about how we need to remove the glass case from over us that is created by being too regimented with the way we teach. The glass case stops us from really being able to make a connection with a person's heart. After this meeting, we went and ate lunch in a big food court market across the street. We decided that we wanted to try a real Philly cheesesteak, which didn't turn out to be all that it was cracked up to be. The cheesesteaks in New Jersey are just as good, if not better. I saw a familiar face while we were eating. She was a Spanish-speaking missionary serving in the Philadelphia Mission. Her name tag said Hermana Roundy. And I remember her name being Ashley, but I didn't know where I'd seen her. When I called for her attention, she was pretty surprised to see that I knew her. It turns out that she went to Bryant Junior High. That's where I went for 7th grade, and she was in 8th grade at the time. So that was kind of neat. It's such a small world, especially in the church. The meeting with all the members gathered together was very spectacular. It was just wonderful to be with that many saints. At once, outside of Utah. Something that was very memorable for me was at the beginning of President Hinckley's address, he started off by mentioning that he had lost his voice and I could tell he didn't have the volume he wanted. He had already given two talks that day and had expended most of his energy. But when he started into his exhortation and address to all these faithful saints, he received power beyond his own and he became much louder, and he then spoke for a good half hour. It was amazing. I know that all the people in this world have the same Heavenly Father, and that Jesus Christ is the Anointed One. He was chosen before the foundation of the earth was laid to be the ultimate and last sacrifice. 
I know that Joseph Smith was called to be a prophet in these last days and has his place with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the eternal realm. The Book of Mormon does, in fact, contain a record of a fallen people and is a powerful testament for the reality of Jesus the Christ. Gordon B. Hinckley is the Lord's mouthpiece on the earth today, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the one true church in all the world, and I declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. November 1st, 2002. We left the apartment a little early so we could get some deer meat from Elders Houghton and Skinner that they received from a member in their ward. Elder Houghton is getting ready to leave the field here in a couple of days. Even though it's six months away for me, I feel that it's coming ever so soon. Elder Parks is trying to teach me all the functions in the computer before transfers come along. There's a good chance that he'll be going because he's been here for six months. I wouldn't mind getting another companion, and I wouldn't mind staying one more transfer with Elder Parks. It's just that he doesn't have as much, well, near as much drive as Elder Chatterton, and so I've kind of fizzled out over the past five weeks. I don't like it. How your companion is really has an effect on how you work out here. Then again, some people are the same no matter where they go and who they are with. That is the ultimate test of character to be true at all times and in all things and in whatsoever place we may be in. One thing I have come to realize is that when you go out in the service of the Lord, you come to realize how weak you really are and that you need the hand of God in all you do. It's hard to come to that point where you just see how fallen you really are. We tend to want to do less and we're slothful by nature. It's the ultimate test to overcome the natural man, and it's something that needs to be daily and hourly paid attention to. We tracked it into a man named Troy who grew up in Texas and had a lot of LDS friends. He accepted a Book of Mormon and was really interested in Joseph Smith. I had a really good feeling about him, and despite his Baptist upbringing, he certainly was an open heart. So we'll follow up with him in a couple of days, November 5th. I had a pretty nice birthday yesterday. The office couple, brother and sister Carpenter, had Elder Parks and I over to their apartment for lunch. They sang to me and put some candles and some cinnamon rolls for me to blow out. Elder Parks was also very kind to me. He made a big pan of lasagna, and I got to take the extremely cheesy middle piece. I took a picture of it as well. He also made a chocolate cake, which we haven't tasted yet because we were so full. We also had an appointment with brother and sister Tabor. He's the ward mission leader and we're teaching them the discussions. He served his mission in Mexico, so he learned how to cook a few things and he'd made some really tasty salsa that had mango, pineapple, and some really spicy stuff in it as well. One of the things brother Tabor said really stuck out to me. When you sacrifice, you're making something holy. And that really helped me to see things in a different light. Sacrifice is not a chore, but a privilege to make something holy, to sanctify it. To sacrifice is to sanctify. Well, yesterday was transfers. And by the absolute grace of God, I was given another companion. Elder David Lamps of Rockford, Illinois. 
His brother, Dana, and my sister, Marlena, have an institute class together out in Utah. The reason why I'm so glad to have a new companion is that Elder Parks and I were kind of in relaxation mode. At least I felt like we were. It was driving me crazy because I knew that we could be doing a lot more than we were. We were spending way too much time in the apartment for meals, and things just weren't working out like I would have hoped. It's really not one person's fault, but both of us. Elder Parks and I had some good times, and we certainly did more than I have in a couple of other companionships I've been in. However, I'm very pleased that Elder Elder Lamps and I are serving together now. He's ready to work, and so am I. We can't be as happy if we're not doing our best, and the Spirit won't be with us as much either. I desire so much to keep the commandments of the Lord, to learn to love my Lord and my God with all my heart, might, mind, and strength. My prayer is that I may be deeply concerned with my brothers and sisters around me, and that I may ache for the exaltation of their souls in the everlasting kingdom of God. November 7th. Well, it was my second day driving the big, huge van, and I'm doing fine with driving it. But I'm having a heck of a time finding our way around. I have taken so many wrong turns that it's not even funny. Elder Lamps and I are figuring it out together. We tracked it into a pretty cool guy named Chris. When he opened the door, the first thing that Elder Lamps said was, Are you an artist? Elder Lamps is really into art and can apparently point out an artist when he sees one. They got to talking, and before we knew it, he invited us in and was showing us all his stuff in his room. He majored in multimedia and also does sculpting. We were able to give him a Book of Mormon and bear our testimonies, and he said that he would read from the Book of Mormon. So we'll go back and see him in a couple of days. Our appointment with Randy went all right. I met his friend Harley, whom Elder Parks had talked so much about. We ended up reading out of Second Nephi chapter 2, and that was going pretty well at first. And then Harley piped in and started going off on how God chooses who is going to be saved, and that we really don't have a say in it. This, of course, is false, and it really is a crying shame that the adversary gets people to believe in that stuff. I left a few talks from recent conference addresses with Randy to read, and he was appreciative of it all. Hopefully we'll be able to see them on this coming Thursday night, November 8th. I'm so grateful to God for the fact that there are kind people on this earth. That didn't really come out the way I wanted it to. What I was trying to say was that I'm very grateful that there really is a wonderful, loving Father in heaven above. I testify that all that God has revealed to man on this earth can be found in the doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I know it by the power of the Holy Ghost, which stimulates the mind and warms the heart. I'm driving the 15-passenger van these days, and it turns out that we had a zone meeting in Camden today, so I ended up driving a bunch of elders down there. Apparently, word has gotten out that I'm known for falling asleep in the car, and there were a lot of comments about that from everyone. I feel that the Lord has really helped me out, In that, though, because I haven't really had any problems with feeling drowsy in the car since I started three days ago. Elder Shelton is the new zone leader, and he did a pretty good job on conducting his first meeting. Some people seem really nervous, and you can just tell. He didn't seem like he was under pressure, though. 
Some adjust quicker than others. We spoke about some of the things that were discussed in the meeting we had with President Hinckley and Elder Haight and Elder Ballard. It was good, too, because it usually does take more than one swipe to hammer a nail completely in. One thing that was impressed upon my mind was this. We may ask members of the church if they know anyone that would be willing to listen to the gospel. And many times they may say no. However, if we ask God to show us someone who he knows is ready for the gospel, he will never turn us down. This is his work and his glory, and he knows every single human being in the world. He knows who's ready and has the power to lead them to us and vice versa. We can't share the gospel on our own. If we don't seek the Lord's help in this cause, then we aren't going to be seeing nearly as many miracles as if we recognize the need for him. Elder Lamps is a great person. He's more mature than some other companions I've served with. He will be turning 23 next month and has gone through two years of art college already. So he's made some headway in life, per se. I'm just glad that he's willing to go out and work. Some people aren't as motivated as others, and I've decided that I never want to be a stumbling block to anyone. I want to be the shoulder that someone can lean on. Perhaps someone can look to me for strength, but I never want to get in anyone's way as far as eternal progression is concerned. I just want to help people out. November 9th. Elder Lamps and I have gone running for the past two mornings, and I find that it's a great way to get you going in the morning. Maybe I'll be able to lose some of this extra baggage from around my middle. Saturdays can be good days to get a hold of a lot of people, and so it was pretty productive in the media referral department. We are in charge of calling all the people in the mission who have called and asked for a video, a Book of Mormon, or Bible. Then we set up an appointment for the missionaries to go by and bring it to them and teach a discussion. It seems like we were able to set up about 12 appointments today. We followed up with a man named Ed, who Elder Parks and I tracked it into a couple weeks ago. He recently lost his wife to cancer, and so he's been sorting through her stuff to see what he feels like he should keep and so forth. He was kind of down on himself, I think probably because he wishes he could have done more to show her how much he loved her. Anytime a person loses someone, they would probably see some of that showing through. I remember that when Charity passed away, I was feeling that I didn't get to know her well enough, and I was feeling kind of down because of that. We ought not to take things for granted, because we never know when they could be gone. Anyway, we were able to give Ed a Book of Mormon, and apparently he had obtained one about 20 years ago, and then lent it out, and never got it back. He had great things to say about it, and he was very pleased to have another copy after all these years. He gave us the impression that he needed some more time before we came back, and so we figured that if he didn't call us within a month, then we'd pay him another visit. Our Jehovah Witness friend, named Joanne, wasn't able to meet with us today because of some dinner company, but we're planning on going by tomorrow. I'm really glad that Elder Lamps is here. When I found out that he was going to be transferred up here, I just had a strong feeling of peace. So some great things are going to happen up here. I just know it. He wants to do the work. And when he gives me suggestions on how to improve my door approach, he's very nice about it. I look forward to serving with him. Hopefully we can spend at least two transfers together. Whatever the Lord's will is will be fine for me, though.